Hello, welcome to the podcast of Grace Fellowship Church Shrewsbury. We meet every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. in Southern York County, Pennsylvania. You can join our morning live stream on Facebook or YouTube. Just search for GFC Shrewsbury. You can find more information about us at gfcshrewsbury.org. We are so excited to bring you this message today, and it is our hope that you will come to know and believe Jesus Christ more fully through it. All right, good morning, Grace. How are we doing this morning? God is on the move. Amen? God's on the move. Whether we can see it, whether we feel it, whether we hear it, he's on the move anyway. He's on the move right now, right here today, in whatever situation you're in. He's moving and he's calling out to us. That's why we look to his word together, because he's calling out to us. Listen, this, this book we're going to open is unlike any other book that ever existed. It's the Word of God that speaks to us. He's speaking when we read this. When we listen to this Word, we're listening to our God. And He longs to be with us. He longs to be in community with us. That's why we, we look to his words. So I, I'm excited to be with you this morning and look into John's gospel. Uh, we are starting this journey proper this morning. Last week, Pastor Jeff uh, gave us an overview and do- dove a little bit into the first few verses. Today, we're diving deeper into the, f- into the chapter one of John, and just a couple reminders before we do. We've got these scripture journals out in the lobby. Uh, All it is is street scripture with some blank pages. You can take notes. You can uh, journal in your time with the Lord, whatever. However, it helps you to uh, interact um, more more closely with God's word and in your relationship with him. And then we've got these uh, devotional study forms too. Jeff walked through this last week. I'm I'm not going to walk through it again. I'm going to be referring to some of the applications that are on here. Um, though today as we go through the message, but this is not to be a, a, a formula. This is simply some prompts because sometimes we need some prompts when we go into God's word because I open this sometimes and sometimes, I, I don't know about you, sometimes I open it and I'm like, okay, what, is, what do the words mean? What is the author trying to, I, I'm trying to understand, just, just get some like head knowledge about what it means and Listen, it's like Pastor Jeff said, said last week, if we don't apply the word to our very lives, right here, right now, we're missing the point. Because we, we come to the word as active participants. Because God is speaking to our lives right here in 2021 with this word. And so, so these are just prompts on this form to, to interact and to relate to God as you open his word together. So uh, the first thing on that page is pray for insight, and that's what we're gonna, we're gonna do. We can't ever meet with him and expect to get anything out of it if we're not actually talking to him and inviting his presence. So would you bow your heads with me and let's uh, seek him this morning. Lord Jesus, you are good. God, I thank you that you are the, the God of this word and that this word is your word to us. I thank you that you are a God who desires to be in community with us. That you didn't just make the world and leave it, but you made the world and then you sought us out in it. You spoke to us, you came after us, you pursued us, and you're, you're still doing that right now. 
So God, I just, I just invite you to pursue us in a way we recognize through your words this morning. Give us the strength and the alertness to respond to your pursuit of us, Lord. Wake us up to all that you're trying to say to us this morning. And God, make us brave enough to follow you more closely today than we did yesterday. We love you, Jesus. We're excited about all that you, all that happens, all that you long to do in us when we meet with you. We're excited about it, Lord. So just, just energize us for what's ahead so that we might uh, recognize that this is what matters most. We love you, Jesus, in your name. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. So we are going to be in John chapter 1 this morning. Uh, You can turn there in your devices or uh, open your Bibles if you brought those with you this morning. I'm just going to read through the first 18 verses. This is, uh, if you're familiar with this passage, this is a huge chunk of Scripture. There's a lot going on here. Uh, But if you don't hear anything else I say today, hear this, because this is the Word of God, right? So let let me just read to you. John 1, starting in verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. Now, he was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right, listen, he gave the right to become the children of God. Not born of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. May the Lord bless the reading of his word this morning. So this is a... There's a lot to this passage. You might not, uh, in fact, I can guarantee you didn't catch everything that was going on in this passage. Do you know, this passage has such depth to it that John lays out every major theme he's going to cover for the rest of the book. He lays out right here in these verses. So there's there's no way we're going to cover everything that there is to cover. My hope is just to cover, just just let's pull out a few things. Because this is, what happens, you're going to read this today and you're going to pick up a few things. 
I'm gonna help with that this morning, right? I'm gonna tell you a few things that God has helped me pick up from this passage, but you could revisit this passage a little bit later in our series on John, and all of a sudden you're gonna make connections that you haven't made before because, oh, that's, I see what you're doing there, John. Oh, look at that, you're drawing that word, and look what you did there down in chapter eight and chapter 15. You're gonna make connections all the way through, and when you come back to this word again, you're gonna notice something you never noticed before. In fact, that's, that's how the way, of, the way the Word of God works all the time. You can read something, and you may have read it 50 times before, and you'll come to it the 51st time, and you're going to notice something that you never noticed before. It's amazing. I never saw that. You're going to come to it the, the, the 100th time. You're going to come to it the 500th time and notice something that you never noticed before. Why is that? Because, because this is a living and active word. And so you keep reading this thing and, 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 and asking God that, that you might grow in relationship with him in this word. And every time you come to it, there's going to be something new. And I'll tell you what, it's bottomless. You, you dive deeper into the word of God and there is no bottom. I, I read one commentator this week. I loved what he said. He said, you know, what, the, you know the way the Bible is designed? It is designed to be read your entire life. Like there's no other book like this. Any other book, read it three, four times. Okay, I know what happens, I'm done. Like, no, this is designed to be read your entire life. It's living and active. And so there's gonna be something all the time to come back to on this. You know, and one of the things that reminds me of, it's kind of like Wikipedia. A little bit. You ever go to Wikipedia? Anybody willing to admit it? Like, I know, okay, a few, all right, yeah. Like, we, we always make fun of Wikipedia. Like, what are you gonna find on the internet that you can believe? But yet, we all go there, right? And so you can go to Wikipedia and find out about anything you want. So today, I don't know if you knew this, today was, uh, um, today in history uh, was the day of the year that the Beatles released their first album in the U.S. I don't know, I forget what year, but you can find out on Wikipedia. So you can look up the Beatles on Wikipedia and you can look all this, and it might be a little hard to see on the screen, but there's all these words in blue on the screen. And if you don't know what some of those words are or some of those people are, you can click on one of those and it'll take you to another page. So like on, on this page, there's Stuart Sutcliffe. Never heard of Stuart Sutcliffe. I don't know what he is, but I can click on Stuart Sutcliffe and it takes me to this page on Stu Sutcliffe. Guess what? He was the original bass player for the Beatles. Some, some people call him the fifth Beatle. I never knew that. Stu. So I get to know Stu. And, and guess what? Stu's page has all these blue words on it that I can click on and I can find out more. Anybody ever wasted like two and a half hours on Wikipedia? finding stuff you never needed to know and never will need to know about something. And see, the, the Bible is a lot like that, but it's different in really two really important ways. <laughs> One, it's true. You can believe absolutely every word that you read in here. Number two, it'll change your life. Wikipedia will probably never change your life, but this will change your life. If you spend your life clicking on these links, diving down into it, so we can read through this entire passage of John, John 1 that I just read through, and on almost every word, every phrase, we could, we could click on that link and follow it through the Gospel of John or through the entire Bible or make connections to our lives and our experience, and it just keeps, there's more and there's more and there's more and there's more, so we'll never plumb the depths of it. So I'm just gonna... My hope today is just to click on a few of these, <laughs> just a few of these links. And, and so we're going to start at, at John 1 in the first few verses here. Now, Pastor Jeff talked about this the past few weeks, and he pointed back to kind of this idea that there's threads here that flow through all the scriptures. So it starts out, in the beginning 
was the word. And like Pastor Jeff said last week, it, this points us all the way back to Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created. And, and in fact, in the beginning isn't the only words that point us to Genesis 1. If we were to highlight everything in these first five verses that pointed back to Genesis 1, everything I've found anyway, it would look like this. All of a sudden, it starts to look like a Wikipedia page, right? <laughs> we could click on any one of these links and follow it back. And John's trying to make a connection to Genesis 1. Go here. Look, I'm trying to draw your attention here. And he's trying to help us download everything we know about Genesis 1 and everything we can go and find out. And you know what we're supposed to do is read this and then go get a cup of coffee. Go take a walk in the woods. And think about this. John, why are you trying to connect these two scriptures? And you're supposed to meditate on it and ruminate on it and read it again and read it again. And, and if we do that, we, we start to see why he's making the connections. Let me, let me give you one. There's how many? Countless connections, probably. Reasons for that connection. Let me give you one, though. It's kind of like, uh, he says, in the beginning. It's kind of like this phrase. I don't know that anybody actually uses this phrase in real life, but we all know this phrase, Right? When something's really good, you're like, this is the best thing since sliced bread, right? I've never heard anybody use that phrase in real life, but we all know that phrase. This is the greatest thing since sliced bread, which is really weird, isn't it? Because when did sliced bread become like the pinnacle of technological achievement, right? I mean, tell me that what you're gonna, what you're gonna say is the greatest thing since the printing press, then I'm interested. The greatest thing since the camera, the greatest thing since indoor plumbing. All right, now you got my attention. But sliced bread, like, come on, who cares? Well, listen, like, John, right here, in the beginning was the word. One of the things he's saying is, guys, listen, remember in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You remember all that? Genesis 1, you remember how big that is? How foundational that is? How major that is for life to make sense of any of your life? You need to know this. What I'm about to tell you ranks right up there with this. It's that big. This is creation level stuff. The truths I'm gonna share with you are so phenomenal that they are foundational to everything in your life. And if you take this in, it will change everything about the very nature and approach you have to your own existence. That's how big this is. And then he goes on for the next 18 verses, really the, the whole book, to tell us all this stuff that is so big and there's so many things we could pull out. And one of them, Pastor Jeff alluded to last week, maybe the most important one to connect first is that this word was God and was with God in the beginning. This is Jesus Christ, right? So John lays this, I love the way you, you read this passage the first time and he lays this word out and he talks about the word and the light and you're reading this. Okay, John, I, I get it, word, light, who is this? And he finally at the end he tells us Jesus Christ. And so the one connection he's making is that Jesus Christ is the creator, God, right there. Now, now what's another one? Pastor Jeff talked about that one last week. I want to talk about this one for a moment. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. You see, John shows us right here, here's the first conflict we see in his book. Like, so the beginning, yep, God created everything. Jesus is God, got it. Now there's conflict. Light versus darkness. And oh, by the way, he says, remember creation? That was the first conflict you ever read about in the Bible too, light versus darkness. See, God was the initiator of creation. But 
without his intervention, it's still in chaos and disorder and darkness until God leans in and interrupts it and intervenes and then he brings light. And John says that conflict that was back there at creation, he's telling his audience when he wrote this, like back 2,000 years ago, this is your conflict right here. It's same thing, light versus darkness. And he's telling us right here today, same problem for you too, light versus darkness. I mean, because is there darkness? In our lives right now, is there darkness? Like take this week. Man, this week was so 2020, wasn't it? Whew. Uh, 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 an election confirmation, who would have thought in the U.S., in America, that people are breaking barriers and attacking the Capitol and the Congress goes into hiding? And in the U.S., here, what are we supposed to do with that? Can I, listen, you didn't hear this in any news story, but this is truth. The problem this week let me tell you, the problem this week wasn't Republicans. The problem this week wasn't Democrats. The problem with this week was not Trump supporters. The problem with this week was not Antifa. The problem with this week was darkness. Yeah. The problem in this week was darkness. And if God doesn't intervene in this, it's just like it was back at creation. If God doesn't intervene, there's no light coming. And the same is true of our lives too, right? Because some of you had a hard week and it wasn't just Washington that messed you up. I don't know what's going on for all of you. Addiction, abuse, betrayal, strained relationships, affecting you or others around you. Listen, like we we got a prayer team here. People send prayer requests in. Can I just tell you, you'd be floored at what's going on for people sitting in this room right now who were sitting in this room just an hour ago and watching online right now. So much darkness, isn't there? It's just so much and we're face to face with it. And we can say like, God, I know God's powerful, made the world, yes, I got it, but, but, but there's this. There's this darkness right here. And what'd you do with darkness when you were a kid? (laughs) How'd you react to darkness? Well, you turn the light on. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good reaction. (laughs) What do we feel before we turn the light on, though? (laughs) We got scared. We got scared. And at some point, can we all just admit that, like, what happened this week or what happened in your life, it, it, it may frustrate us and disappoint us. We may get angry about it, but at the root of all of that, sometimes isn't there just in all of us just this scared little kid afraid that this darkness is just too much and never going to go away? And listen, John says, you got to remember this. This is big. The light shines in the darkness. Listen, God, at the dawn of creation, he spoke light into darkness. And listen, he hasn't stopped speaking. He's still speaking light into darkness. And here's the thing. When he speaks light into darkness, this isn't some like eagle sides of the force thing. This isn't some light side, dark side, going to balance the Jedi thing of the force. This, there's no contest here. 
The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not, the darkness will not, the darkness will never overcome it. End of story. So listen, there's a truth here we need to believe this morning. The light of Jesus' person and work, the light of Jesus' person and work will continue to shine, and the darkness in our world and the darkness in our lives will never overcome it. We'll never overcome it. No contest. And we say that's true. And that, but it's hard to believe sometimes, isn't it? I mean, in the face of this, whatever this darkness is for you. So how do I know Jesus? How, how do I know John? Well, he, he says, God sent a witness. This is one way you know is, is there was a witness sent from God named, named John. He came and he, he wasn't the end of the story. He wasn't the big man on campus. It wasn't about him at all. He was, he was there just to tell people about the light. And here's my question for you this morning is who has told you about the light? In your life, who has been a witness to your life? Do you know in one way or another they were sent from God to you to witness to you about the light is, that is Jesus Christ. The light that we have a hard time seeing sometimes because sometimes we're just scared of the dark and we can't see the light and God sends witnesses into our lives. Think about this for a minute. I was thinking about this this week and I, I couldn't believe how many witnesses I counted in my life. I'm not done counting, but I, there were people I hadn't thought of for years. There was this guy named Ethan. I, I went to summer camp when I was 11. There was a guy named Ethan was a, a speaker there and he I'm sure does not remember me, but he spoke there and then he walked, took walks with some of us campers and we just talked to him about life. And do you know what? From him, he, he taught this 11-year-old kid that this walk of Christianity is not just about gaining more Bible facts. It's not just about sword drills. It, it was a, a, a life of faith and risk and adventure. And, and he was a witness to that light to the light of Jesus Christ for me. There's another witness I remember, Tom Ryan. He was a professor of mine in college. And it, you know what he showed me is that the, the most valuable gift you can give anyone, the most incredibly valuable way you can love anybody is to really, really listen to them. Because so many of us walk around and we don't really, really listen. Tom Ryan taught me that. He, he also taught me that, that pursuing integrity was worth it, even in the midst of a world that does not, that pursues sensuality. Tom Ryan taught me that. Uh, there's been other lights in my life. Chris Previous. Chris Previous is sitting right over there. <laughs> He's been a, a, a light in my life. Chris showed me that recovery from sexual addiction was possible. Recovery was possible, not just from the acts of sexual addiction, but from the, the effects of that on my mind and my heart years down the road, that serenity and peace and freedom was possible in the person of Jesus Christ. Chris Priebus was a witness for me. Jeff Smith has been a witness for me. That this life is not about performing and trying to do it right, but it's about a relationship an active relationship with, with a God who loves me just as I am and came for me just as I am and so I don't have to do it all right. And Jeff Smith taught me that and so many other things. And my dad, 
man, <laughs> my dad showed so much light to me. Did you know my dad's in a wheelchair right now? No accident, no nothing. His body just, and he's in a wheelchair and it doesn't make any sense. And do you know my dad is a witness for the goodness of God even right where he's at? But, but the most important thing my dad and mom were witnesses for, they were the first people to ever tell me to believe him. Ultimately, that's where all these witnesses lead us back to. Look, that all might believe through him. And, and, and that's what mom and dad showed me, that Jesus Christ wasn't just some person back in history, but he was Savior. He was the one who came to die on a cross for my sins, to bring me back in relationship with him, and that he was the rightful Lord of my life, that he was the owner of of me because he made me and I'm his whether I like it or not. He's my Lord. And, and so that the next step was to receive him. Mom and dad taught me that. To receive him just by be believing, trusting, trusting him as Savior and Lord. Who's been a witness in your life? Sit with this this week. Sit with this this week and ask God to reveal the witnesses in your life. And I, let me tell you, I was praising God. I was amazed because I... I had forgotten so much of what God had done in my life, so much of my journey, and I had forgotten some of the witnesses. So, so ask, who are the witnesses in your life? And there's something to thank God for. Thank God for them. And, and thank God for the witnesses he's put right now in your life. He's putting witnesses right now around you. Listen, if you can't identify anybody who's a witness to the light around you, you need to get some other people around you. Like, we've got, we've got people. We've got people. <laughs> so, so listen, we've got a men's ministry or women's ministry. We've got life recovery. We've got, we've got a ministry for students. We, we've got communities that you can get involved in, that you can get people around you to witness to the light when you can't see it. And, and we've got individuals who sit with you, counselors and Stephen ministers who will just walk with you one-on-one -on -one and just, just be a witness. For God's light, that's hard to see sometime in the face of all that dark. And so God does this for us. He sends witnesses in our lives. And so that's, that's one way we know. But eventually, we've got to experience the light for ourselves, right? And, and so here's the other place I want to jump here in, in, in John 1, verse 14. Because here, if you're reading through John 1... He's been talking about how the light came into the world and the word was spoken and, it, and it's all to everybody, which is really good news, but then it gets personal. And it has to get personal. It has to get personal for you. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. Glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and tr truth. From the, his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. Listen, it has to get personal and, and okay i gotta go here like listen remember god's word is uh, amazing remember how the first few verses they tied all the way back to genesis and there are all these ways we could go back and john's trying to trigger all these things for us remember creation for all these reasons he does the same thing here in these verses and he's tying back to a different set of stories he's tying back to exodus the second half of exodus that like we skip over all the, all the good stuff seems to happen in the first half of Exodus. And then the second half of Exodus is when Israel is at Mount Sinai. And they're just around the mountain for a really long time. 
And that's the entire half, second half of the book. And John is pointing us back there. And if I were to highlight every word that points us back there, it looks like a Wikipedia page, right? We could trace all of these ones through. We don't have the time. Listen, you've got your entire life. <laughs> dive deep. You've got your entire life to dive into this stuff. I have time for one. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory and dwelt among us. You know, you go back to the language that John was writing and this word dwelt is actually tabernacle. So you can read this word. The word became flesh and tabernacled among us. He's pointing back to Israel around Mount Sinai. Well, what's, what's the point? Why? Well, you've got to go back to those stories and if you know the stories, all these things should be triggering for you. But if you don't, like listen, Israel gathered around Mount Sinai to meet with God. And then it's scary. It's, it's, there's lightning and there's clouds and there's thunder and there's this big storm on the mountain and God's up there and the people turn to Moses and they say, listen, we're not, we're not going anywhere near God. Like you, we're not gonna speak to him. You go speak to him and you come back and you tell us what he said, okay? Because we can't go there. And, and God says to Moses, you know what? They're right. My holiness would destroy them. So, so listen, they, they can't, come here. But you know what God does? He says, I want, I want the people to do something for me. And then he goes into this long description, chapters about this, this tent, this intricate tent that he wants them to build with furniture and gold and a courtyard. And it's all these details and you're like, oh my goodness, why am I reading all this? But listen, right back at the beginning of all this, he says why. God says why. In Exodus 25, 8, he says this, make me a sanctuary that I may tabernacle with my people. That I may dwell with my people. See, God says, they're not coming up the mountain, they're not coming to me, but guess what? Get ready, because I am coming to them. And John is trying to trigger our memories and trigger us to look at this because he says, listen, the tabernacle, that was, that was just a picture. This was fulfilled in Jesus Christ. That's why he came. He came to dwell with us. And you know the crazy thing? The craziest thing about the tabernacle isn't that God came down the mountain. It's not that his glory came and shined out of that tent. Do you know what the craziest thing is? He didn't leave. He stayed. You read that, and the glory of God comes down, and this cloud comes down on the tent, and it stays, listen, for 40 years. Day after day after day and night after night, it stays, and God is dwelling with his people. God didn't just come down the mountain for an hour or two to hang out. He came to stay. Listen, John is trying to get us to Jesus didn't come just 2,000 years ago so that he could be a blip in history. He didn't come just so you could turn to him for one moment. He didn't come just for a monthly check-in with him. He came to dwell with you. He came to stay. Do you know that he, if you are in Jesus Christ, he is staying with you right now? And then John goes on to explore this the entire rest of his gospel. That's why, that's why you go to John chapter 14, and this is what Jesus says. Listen, he says, he says this, if anyone loves me, 
he will keep my word. What's he saying there? If anyone loves me, well, if anyone knows me. (laughs) Because you can't love Jesus without knowing him. And listen, if you really get to know him, you can't help but love him. He says, if anyone loves me, and if anyone keeps my word, if anyone obeys my voice, what's he saying that where if anyone believes me, if you really believe, if you really trust me, you can't help but stake your life and everything you do on who I am. He says, if anyone loves me and if anyone obeys my word, if anyone knows me and believes me, my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him and her. Folks, Jesus came to stay with you, to dwell with you. This is what God wants. And do you know what? This is what he wants forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. He wants to stay and never leave. Do you get this? And so we could trace this all the way through scripture, but I got to jump to one more place. Revelation 21. Second to last chapter of the Bible, like we're winding down to the end. This is it. This world's over. The next is come. And do you know what it says? Revelation 21 says one day this spiritual truth is going to be literal, absolute, physical truth for us. Listen, Revelation 21, behold, the dwelling place of God is with mankind and he will tabernacle with them. He's going to stay with them. There it is, folks. Right beginning to end, God wants to stay with us. And guess what? They will be my people. And I will be their God. This time, he's coming to his own and his own are going to receive him because they're going to be his people. And he's going to be their God. Jesus came to stay. So John is is trying to trigger all these stories. Well, what's, what's the point for us right now? Like, he came to stay. So what? So what do we do with a God who came to stay every moment with us? Well, we, we've got an example to follow. We've got some commands to obey here. And, and we can find out by looking at this example of Israel around the tabernacle. Just like God came to dwell with them, they had some responses too. And so do you know what would happen every morning? Think of this. For 40 years, every morning, these Israelites are waking up in their tent, wiping sleep from their eyes. And they're not going to their day planner. And they're not trying to figure out what to cook for breakfast. You know what they do first thing every single day? They've got to go outside their tents and they look. They look towards the tabernacle because that's going to tell them where they're going today. And if that cloud is just sitting down on that tabernacle, okay, we're here for today. This is, this is it. This is where we're going for today. We're just right here. And if that ta- cloud is lifted, all right, first thing we got to do is pack up because God's leading somewhere else. And do you see? God was inviting them day after day after day after day to trust him, to direct them right in that very day. And do you know that the same invitation is to us so that when you're waking up tomorrow morning, wiping sleep from, my eye, from your eyes, don't roll out of bed and stand up. Roll out of bed and right onto your knees. And seek the Jesus who, if you are in him, dwells with you right now because he longs and he invites you to follow his guidance today. Today. Are you following his guidance? And then listen, 
You know what else they did with the tabernacle? There's all these instructions. You read through Exodus and you go through numbers and there's all these instructions and you think, let's just get to, let's move on, right? Because it's tell, there's, there's all these instructions for how to set up camp. I'm not an Israelite. I don't need to know how to set up camp. Can we just get on with it? But listen, <laughs> you know what happens is they pack up their, when the cloud lifts, they pack up their camp and guess what goes first? The tabernacle. The Levites, the priests, they carry the tabernacle, all the furniture, all the stuff, and they go first. Anywhere they're going, it's not the soldiers, it's, not the, it's them. They go first. And do you know what happens when they find a place to stay? They set up the tabernacle first. And then do you know how they set up everything else? Everything else ends up in a circle around the center of that tabernacle. They can't set anything else up until they set that up because everything else takes its place off of that. And, and listen, if you make this connection, John's, John's saying like Jesus Christ, his, he's not just the centerpiece of history. His life, his death, his resurrection is not just a, the centerpiece of time, it's the centerpiece of our very lives. And so the question for us is, is he in our center? Have you set up anything in your life that's not revolving around him? If so, you need to tear it down. You need to Allow Jesus to place himself, his person, right at the center of your life. And everything else needs to revolve around it. Everything you do needs to only make sense around the center of Jesus Christ. What you think about what happened this week only makes sense in the center of Jesus Christ. What you do with your time and your money only makes sense in, in how you place it around the center of of Jesus Christ, so that if anybody looks at any area of your life, can they say, why'd you do that? Why'd you react that way in that situation? Why didn't you jump in with the gossip that was going on over there? Why, why didn't you spend your money on that stuff over there? What? Well, because I've got a center, and his name is Jesus Christ, and everything else in my life is arranged around that. And so, so listen, this is a question we need to sit with. I encourage you to sit with this week. Don't don't just answer off the cuff. Something might be coming to your mind right now. Don't, don't stop there. You need to sit with this and meditate on it and, and ask the Lord, invite the Lord to say, say, Jesus, what areas of my life are not centered on you? What areas of my life make sense and they're set up and they're separate from you being my center? And God, I need you to tear them down and help me rebuild around you. And then, then one more Thing. Do you know what the Israelites had in the tabernacle? They've got a lot more things. I can, I can tell you one more thing they had. They had some place to look. Because, because listen, they, for 40 years, there was a lot of ups and downs. Think about that. 40 years of raising kids and walking out of that tent and doing whatever jobs they had in camp. And, and, and there's good days and then there's hard days. There's days where there's, there's dark days. There's days where there's bitter fights with family or neighbors. There's days where there's somebody making some wrong choices that's screwing up everybody else. There's days where they've just exhausted and they're just at the end of themselves. And, you know, they, they could wake up on those days and turn to each other and, and say, you know what, like, this... <laughs> I know God said he was going to be with us, but is he with us in this? Is he right here in the midst of this? Because I screwed up. Is he still here in this? And, and, you know, they could say to each other, no, I, 
He's with us, guaranteed. Do you know how I know? Look. Look right there at the tabernacle. The clouds still there. The fire's still there. For 40 years, they had a place to look to just say, in the midst of all this mess, look, God is still with us, guaranteed. Listen. As Jesus came down, he came and he gave us a place to look. Himself. His person. And so if you have any doubt today that God is dwelling with you, that God is right in the middle of your mess, that God is working, all you need to do is look to him. Look to the person of Jesus Christ. And even more specifically, all you need to do is look to the cross. Because if God's light intervened in our mess and our sin in that way, he can intervene in anything. And his light will shine and the darkness will never overcome it. Listen, if the darkness couldn't overcome in those three hours at the cross, the darkness will never overcome anything in our lives. And so Jesus Christ gives us a place to look. And we're gonna do that right now with communion. You, you came in with these, hopefully on your way in. If you didn't, you have an opportunity now over the next few moments to, to raise your hand. There's some folks who will walk around and, and give you these. We're just going to spend a few moments in worship before we take this, though, to prepare our hearts. Because, listen, Jesus came. He's the light for everyone. That's great news. Let me tell you really, really great news right now for you. He came to be a light for you. In the midst of whatever darkness that you saw this week or that you see in your own life, his light is shining and overcoming, even if you cannot see it. And he came to dwell with you, to stay right with you. And and so we can use this moment to examine our lives and examine our hearts and praise God Remember that Jesus is with us in this. That's what he called to do. That's why he gave us something like this, was to, to set this up, to look to it and say, if, whenever you do this, whoever does it, they do it remembering me. We can look to our Savior. We can look to our Redeemer and know that he is still with us. Let's take a few moments to prepare our hearts and worship him together. Lord Jesus, we remember. We look to the love you displayed, shown wide, shown wide and on the cross. And we thank you for your great sacrifice for us. God, forgive us for those times that we don't remember. Forgive us for the times that we wake up and just go do to, to do our own thing. Instead of centering our life, everything on you. Jesus, forgive us for those, those areas of our lives that we keep away and tuck away and do not bring to your feet <clears throat> and do not submit them to your lordship. Forgive us, Lord. And we thank you that even as we say 
even as we ask for that forgiveness, we can look to the cross and see you say that you forgive us. We thank you for that forgiveness. And we thank you for the life that now dwells in us. Any of us who have received and believed in you, we thank you for the life of your spirit that now dwells in us. God, may we walk as carriers of the light in the midst of the darkness in our families, the darkness in this world, the darkness among others we meet. May we walk carrying your light. and May we be witnesses to it. And that when they are hopeless or angry or afraid, we can say, listen, let me tell you about the light. Let us go from this place, Lord, with an awareness of your deep love for us and your continuing presence with us. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, Grace, it's been good to be with you this morning. Just a few things as you go from this place, some ways to go deeper this week. As we continue our journey in John next week, thank God for the witnesses in your life. Spend some time reflecting on those and thank God for them. Examine your life for areas to recenter around him. And then spend some time reading John 1. Read the verses that we went over this morning, dive a little deeper, and then read ahead as we continue in John 1 for next week. God bless. Have a great week. We hope you enjoyed this message. You can find more like it on our website under sermons. To keep up to date with our sermon series, hit the subscribe button in your podcast host and follow our social media pages. Just search for GFC Shrewsbury on the platform of your choice. If you're looking to connect with us further, then you can email us at connect at gfcshrewsbury.org. We will be back next week with another message. We hope to see you again soon.